Hello, everybody, and welcome inside the What You Need to Know podcast. I am Tyson Ewing, play-by-play voice of Utah women's basketball, and joined by my radio analyst, Miley Enger. This is the What You Need to Know podcast that focuses on all things University of Utah women's basketball. We'll take an in-depth look at what's going on in the program. All right, Miley, so we have wrapped up the entire season. We've wrapped up the offseason. We've wrapped up the Pac-12 offseason. We've got you caught up on everything you need to know. You like that? Very punny. Yeah, here we go. Very, very funny. Thank you. There we go. So now we're moving on to the next phase of our podcast, which I'm super excited about. And we've gotten the backing from RSID over at the University of Utah. And we're going to be interviewing players, hopefully a little bit later on, some coaches as well. As well, I'll be looking into bringing on some former players at the University of Utah. We want you all to have an opportunity to hear from some of your favorite players. And we're going to start that up on this episode. And I'm super excited about this one, Miley, as we're going to bring back Drew Gilton here on the podcast today. I'm also super excited that we're going to be able to have Drew come on and talk to us about her experience while at the University of Utah and then her next steps in life of what she's doing. But Drew was fantastic during her five years at the University of Utah. She played in four seasons, started and played in 105 games while also becoming the fourth all-time leader in assists with 553. So Drew is really a foundational piece of what Utah basketball is and hopefully will continue to be. So I'm super excited to have her come on today. Now, as we have talked about in previous episodes, Drew Gilton did enter the transfer portal once the season was over. She spent, as you just said, five years here at the University of Utah. She redshirted her first year due to an ACL tear that she sustained in her senior year of her high school career. What's really, really cool about that story is she had the opportunity of coming to the program, and usually as a freshman, when you're when you're sitting out the first year, you don't travel with the team. Coach Roberts made it an emphasis that Drew was on those road trips, that she was still a big, massive part of the program, and you have to believe that that played a crucial role in the player that Drew became uh, as she was able to learn the system in and out. And by the time that she first came into the program, first first time she ever donned that University of Utah uniform, 16 assists, which would have been a program record had it not have been an exhibition game against Westminster. But it was an opportunity to see Drew right out of the gates to see what she could uh, what she could bring to the U. And I would say that she she built quite a legacy at the University of Utah. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome on to today's episode the new point guard for the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, that is Drew Gilton. Drew, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Miley and I are so excited to have you on the podcast. How's your summer been so far? It's It's gone really well. I mean, I think it's just starting, but I was home all of May, which is really nice. And super. I'm in Brookings now, so I'm super excited to um, get this chapter of my life started and just all, all excitement. I will tell you, we are doing a zoom call right now and it is video. It is a little strange to see you in that color because, you know, obviously it's not the same color. It's a little bit different. How Mm -hmm. has this start of this new chapter of your life been, um, here in these last couple of months and weeks for you? Yeah, um, it's been great. It's been everything that I've ever asked for and dreamed for. Um, everybody here is just so welcoming. Um, and everybody here definitely bleeds blue. So that's just a little getting used to um, from being in red for so long. Um, but it's been a, it's been an easy transition. All my new teammates have made it super easy. The coaching staff and supportive staff have been 
have been really good. And um, we just finished our first weekend, first week of workouts. So learning a new system is very exciting. And I love the challenge. Um, but I was home all of May. I got to spend time with Preston and my family and just, yeah, just be home for a long period of time was great. So, and also a lot of wedding planning, which I love. So back to senior day when you guys played Oregon, how did that all go down with the game? And then you got, where did you guys end up going? And then how did the proposal all go down? Yeah. So usually for senior day, we're able to go into legacy hall and like do a little thing with the fans and eat cake and celebrate. So I obviously told my, told my family, like we weren't able to do that because of COVID and the tournament coming up. So my mom's like, oh, we'll just go to Park City, like go to this really nice restaurant, like celebrate. Something was totally believable. Never second guessed it. So after the game, like went home, like got dressed like kind of cute because we're going to Park City. So it was nice. And now that I look back at it, like I should have known. <laughs> I was just so blind because I had just no clue, which was great because I really wanted it to be that way. Um, so we all drove up to Park City. I think it was the Stein Erickson um, Lodge and Resort or something. It was very far up. And in my mind, we're just going to eat. So I like go up there and everyone's like, oh, let's go walk outside. Because there's like this nice like gondola thing and this fire pit. And it was just like really cute. So I walked out there, still had no clue. And the person's like, oh, let's just go on this little walk. So I'm like, okay, because it's really beautiful. And then all of a sudden there was like these candles like lit up on the side, like a walkway to the gondola. And then that's kind of where like it was all coming full circle. Because then I saw like Izzy and Andy and Mo like, hugged up against trees, like trying to take photos and how they had the music going. So that's when I finally all settled in. And then he proposed there. And then we went on a, like a horse carriage ride, like in the snow, I think like the carriages on skis or something. So we did that. And then we ended up not, not ever having reservations for dinner. So we all went to Panda. <laughs> that's like, amazing. Couldn't get in anywhere because of Utah, but yeah, so we had Panda. It was delicious. That's amazing. That's a great story. Shit, Panda. It's like my favorite place to eat. So <laughs> everyone enjoyed it. No one complained. Way cheaper than any restaurant, probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll go down to the basketball stuff. I love that, by the way. That's really, really cool. That's, I obviously have not heard the story. So that's 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 really, really neat. Um, I want to I want to kind of go all the way back. You know, several years ago, you uh, were in your semifinal game of your state championship at St. Thomas More High School. Uh, you, you, you end up tearing your ACL. Obviously, things kind of changed for you. I'd love to know, and I don't know if I've ever talked about this with you per se, but I'd love to know kind of what was on your mind as you, you sustain this injury and now you have to, you know, obviously sit out and you sit out, but obviously you are going on the trips, you're traveling, you're learning the ins and outs of the program. Coach Roberts made it very important that you were still a big part of uh, of the team. Take me kind of through all that from getting hurt to sitting out your first year and kind of taking everything in. Yeah. So I actually got in, I actually tore my ACL here at SDSU. That's where our state tournament was. So last time I set, set foot on that court was then. Um, and actually Gavin was there at the game. And at first I was just like in denial because I like it hurt so bad and I like came off the court and I was able to do some like defensive slides. So I'm okay. I'll just like keep my high hopes, like not thinking, just trying to stay positive. Um, so then Gavin was actually there and I talked to him a lot and he was just like, you know, if something, if this ends up being bad, 
we still love like how you are as a person, how you are as a player. And just cause you maybe weren't able to play for the first year, we obviously still want you and still care about you. And that was super re- reassuring. Cause I think after that next morning, my knee was so swollen and it hurt so bad. And, and I think that was when I knew like it probably wasn't going to be the best news, but having him there and just knowing that um, the, the university of Utah still wanted me to play. And like, it was just so, yeah, so reassuring. And I really enjoyed that. Cause I was just being so, so sad. I was like, this is not how I want my first year of college to be going with high hopes. And I feel like that, that year was like a really good year for me basketball wise. So I like had so much confidence, but yeah, showing up at Utah in June, um, I had several meetings with coach Rob and she was just very evident on the fact that we were going to make this year as normal as possible. Um, not focusing on my injury, obviously I had surgery and rehab and I didn't really play basketball for a full year. Um, but being able to sit on the sideline and be involved, um, kind of from the analytical point of view, not necessarily like playing obviously, but just knowing the ins and outs of the offense, the defense, knowing, um, what each coach kind of wanted you to do, what my role would be as a point guard in that system. Um, so I definitely give full credit to all the coaches for just not just pushing me to the sideline cause I was injured. Um, and just letting me be involved in so many things and all the travel and how everything functioned. And then when I was able to play my first year, it felt like I didn't really skip a beat. Ultimately, what made you choose Utah? You go to your high school seasons. What were you looking for in a school? And then what made you choose Utah? And then building on that, what did you want from your experience going into college? Because I think a lot of times you're a high school senior and you become a freshman in college and you think you have these expectations of what college basketball is going to be. What were you expecting? And then what did you want from your, your time at the U? Yeah. Um, as far as expecting, well, actually how I even got to Utah, they were, Gavin was one of the very first coaches that ever reached out to me ever. Um, once I started playing North Tartan, um, AAU, it's based out of Minneapolis, um, is when I started to get just more offers and talking to more coaches and getting out of the state of South Dakota and, kind of getting some options and Utah was like one of the very first schools I talked to. And then I had, at the time I didn't know what the PAC 12 was. I was just a small town girl from South Dakota. I definitely didn't know what Utah was because I just was so out of it. Um, So I got a letter from them and I'm like, I I remember I told my mom, I was like, I don't even know like who this team is. Like, I don't want to have to like learn all this new thing. Like, I just don't want to talk to them. And she's like, just like, don't, don't give up. Like, give them a chance. Like, we'll see where it turns out. So eventually two years down the road after talking to many coaches and I just had a great connection with coach Rob and Gavin, the coaches at the time. And I loved Salt Lake city. I love, I mean, growing up in the black Hills, I just loved being outside. I loved the beautiful scenery, all the nature. And, and then the city of Salt Lake wasn't too big for me. Like I was really used to Minneapolis and that's just too many people. So it had a great balance. And then eventually as I learned more, um, the PAC 12 was just so, so good. And I wanted to be a part of that. I feel like I worked so hard in high school and middle school that playing in that conference was just like the top of the top. And I wanted to do that for myself and for my parents and my family and everything that they put in for me. Um, so Utah was just the, the best of both worlds in that situation. Um, I don't really know if I had too many expectations Obviously going there, I wanted to, I wanted to make history. I wanted to do something that Utah has never done. And I've been saying that since like my sophomore, junior year of high school. And finally, after this year, 
um, I checked that box. But as far as anything else, I wanted to just be a good leader and be a good teammate and just do the best that I can. As far as like X's and O's, I don't think I really had any expectations, but I just wanted to make a difference is, is the big subject for me. And I think through my whole story of Utah, there's many ups and many downs and many highs and many lows. Um, but I don't think I would change it for anything. I think my story was written how it was supposed to supposed to turn out. And I only have great things to say. You know, I want to actually, actually speak to those things that you brought to Utah. How about the very first time you ever put on a Utah uniform? I mean, it was an exhibition game. Had that a game accounted, you would hold the record for most point for most, excuse me, for most assists in a game. You had 16 assists in that game against Westminster in your very first time ever stepping in to a Utah uniform. You beat Stanford that same exact year. First time Utah's ever done that. How about, like you just said, after this last year, making the tournament, knocking off Arkansas in dominant fashion making it to the round of 32, playing in a very, very difficult building. Oh boy. I kind of would like to know if there's anything that you look at at your time at Utah and you think, man, I am really proud of myself for how I was able to accomplish that and help um, the program in this way. Yeah, I think you definitely hit some big, some big moments. Um, but I think one that really stands out is when we beat Oregon in the Pac-12 tournament. I feel like that was just something we were working so hard for in all of my five years there. Um, and they were just the last team that needed that I needed to beat in order to beat all the Pac-12 schools. And same with Coach Rob. We, we would talk about that at every end of the year meeting. And we were really sad when we didn't beat them at senior night. And this is a, I'm a big believer everything happens for a reason. And beating them in the Pac-12 tournament was just so much, just gave us so much more satisfaction. And it was just a great time. Um, so it was definitely worth beating them there. Um, and I think just getting to the championship, I think that just was kind of a cherry on top of, of personally for me, but also for the team and getting us there. Um, I think that's just like what, what we had been working for for so long and finally like, okay, we did this, like we made it. Um, and now I think what I love the most is like, I feel like I've been able to build some foundation for the team and for the program. Um, like expectations, leadership, kind of just like grittiness and toughness. I think that's what Coach Rob talks a lot um, about me um, and just, just who I am. And I think looking back, um, that's kind of the foundation that I've left there. And I hope that they build on it and they're going to do so great this season. I'm super excited to watch. The experience that you gained from the Pac-12 tournament and making that championship game to the NCAA tournament you're now going to a program. They just won the WNIT last year. What do you feel that your experience from Utah can bring to next year's Jackrabbit team? Yeah, so I actually was able to come up to SDSU to watch when they played UCLA in the WNIT tournament. Um, and just being in that atmosphere of a sold-out arena, it was filled with blue. But um, just the community here and the way that they support um, any of their sports, especially women's basketball. Um, I think that was something that we were missing at Utah. And I think it's something that they're definitely going to build on, but being part of just a full out arena and everyone's cheering with you and wanting the best for you is something that was so attractive to me. What I can bring to the team this year is just another load of experience. Um, they already have so much experience. So they'll just gain a little more, like I said, just my toughness. I know a lot of the girls here were pretty much all Midwestern girls. So we're a lot of the same, which is really awesome. Um, 
but I'm just super excited just to to learn a different style of basketball, just to gain um, more knowledge and just maybe just improve my game just a little bit more. Going back to what you said, you said during your time at Utah, you had some up and down years. And with those up and down years comes people in and out of the program, but you were one of those foundational pieces that chose to stay. And when Tyson talked to your dad all the time, he'd always <laughs> shout out Dan. But when he talked to him, it was like, it was never a question if you were staying or leaving. We see this year that there's a thousand people in the transfer portal wanting to go somewhere else. But why was it so important for you to build your legacy at Utah? Yeah, I think through and through this year, um, I never thought about leaving. I just was like, this is the year we're going to do it. We have such a great team, such a great camaraderie. It's going to be the year. And after the tournament, after leaving Texas and just having some time to reflect and just kind of look to the future and just kind of just put my life into perspective. I think it was just time for me. And I feel like I had done my job. I had done what I was supposed to do at Utah. I gave it all. I gave it through two surgeries, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Um, but I feel like my, I did, I did what I was supposed to do. I built the foundation that I wanted to, I accomplished what I wanted to. And it was just time to just kind of look to the future and getting engaged and being away from Preston for five years. And my family, it was just, it was just time to come closer. And I felt like I left the program in the most respectful and the, the, a good way. And, um, all the coaches respected my decision and all my teammates and, um, they're going to do just fine. They'll be, they'll do well, but yeah, that was kind of what led me to the decision. I do want to talk about last season real quick before we kind of go into South Dakota state. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, two seasons ago was not great, Drew. It just, it just wasn't something was different immediately. You could tell from the first four games, you guys are top one or two teams in the entire country and scoring in the first four games. I've talked to coach Rob several times, but I've not actually talked to a player in the system yet. And I'd love to get your thoughts on what changed so much in the off season from two seasons ago to last season and how much fun was it playing in last year's type of system? Yeah. So after um, that year, it, it was just, it was awful. I mean, and we all say it all the time. Honestly, we don't talk about it a lot because it's just not great memories. I mean, we are very grateful to play in such a circumstance of what was going on in the world. And, but it was just a grind and it was so a lot of newness with COVID and we didn't really know what to expect day by day. Yeah. So it was just not a good year. Um, and I remember getting, going to our end of the year meeting with coach Rob and both of us are very like in the fact that we hate losing more than we love winning. We just, we're just competitors at heart. And we just hate to lose. And especially in that way that we did that season, it was just very embarrassing. And we didn't want to feel like that ever again. So going into that summer, I know she said she's going to change a little thing, like not too, too much of a change, but there's going to be some changes. And then just bringing in such an amazing freshman class, just filled with athleticism and the ability to score and just, just the smartness that they had, um, I think it just showed in the summer workouts, like everybody just had a different mindset. Um, we weren't going to let that season affect this next season. And we were just going to change what we did. Um, and it was very analytical, I think is the biggest change. I think for my, as far as what I remember, as far as shot selection and when we're going to take this shot and not, not so it sounds very robotic, but it wasn't like that. I think if people watched us played, we just played so freely 
And I think there was just an enjoyment of being on the court together and we were just fearless. We, I think we had a lot, it was a lot of young girls, um, but then we had some, some older girls. And I think us older girls kind of didn't really um, say you could do this or you could do this, but we were just, this is what, this is how we're going to play. We're going to play fast. We're going to shoot a lot of threes. We're going to share the ball and we're not going to be, we're just going to be nice people. We're, it's going to be fun. We want the fun to come back into the sport, especially after such a hard year. So I think that was the biggest change as far as going into that summer. Oh, and just the constant dedication that everybody had. There were so many people in the gym before you weren't supposed to be there. Um, and it was an everyday thing. Like six, seven, 7 a.m., they were in there. After practice, they were in there. At night, they were in there. So I think everyone just had a mindset that we were going to make this year the best year. Going on to what changed during the year, you guys started out the conference season one and four, and that's after that Colorado game, then you guys were traveling to Colorado, and then you finished the season in conference seven and three. What do you think that turnaround was during the middle of the season that led you guys to have that great finish and then had all that momentum going into the conference tournament? I think we didn't really, honestly, I didn't even know that stat, first of all, and I think if you were to ask anybody else, I don't think they would either. I remember we all looked at the first two, three weeks of conference and we're like, oh my gosh, we're literally playing the top 10 teams in the country. But we were not, we weren't scared. Obviously we didn't have, we weren't playing them in the non-conference, but I think we were just super fearless. We were just going to show up on the court. We were going to play our game and whatever outcome happened, happened. Um, and obviously I guess at the beginning of the season or at the conference, we didn't do very well but you also have to look who we were playing. And I think after those couple games, we just got into the flow of what the Pac-12 would be. And again, not a lot of those girls have ever played a Pac-12 school ever. Um, so I think it just had, we just needed some time to get acclimated. Um, but then after that, like I said, we didn't really look at our calendars going into the game. We just knew we had a game on Friday. This is the scout. This is who we were playing. This is how we're going to play. We're going to have fun. We're going to play Utah basketball and that was going to be it um and I think we just had that mentality going forward the whole rest of the year and obviously that helped so what's something you if you could kind of leave your parting words to Utah fans as you move on to the next stage in your life I think I would just start by saying thank you um thank you to all the coaches who gave me a chance like I said just a small town girl from South Dakota I had the most amazing time I, it was very, very sad leaving Utah and I only have great things to say. Um, and specifically, specifically to the fans, I think you, you just got to keep showing up. Um, I think this past year was an amazing year. We played such great basketball and that won't change next year. Um, so keep showing up for the Utah women's basketball program specifically, but all Utah athletics in general. Moving on to South Dakota state here. I'm going through, obviously, looking at their statistics here. They, they, they are a very much um, team-first mentality from what it looks like. And just in looking at the, at the statistics. Now, Drew, we've obviously have seen from last year that you fill that very, very nicely. I believe a lot of the returners are coming back next year um, to this team. So um, I know you kind of talked about what you can bring, but I'd love to know on the actual floor the type of style of play that you have, how you can help your teammates to do even better this upcoming season? Yeah, so um, I think they lost one starter, but are bringing back a lot of people um, and have a great freshman class as well. From this one week workouts that I figured out, (laughs) 
we do run a very just like free kind of free motion driving kick offense, which I love to do. Um, so I think just being able to hand, handle the ball and set up my teammates in the positions that make the most successful, which I've just been doing. That's basically what I do all the time. Um, so I don't think it'll be a lot of difference for me. Um, I think it's just learning the concepts. Um, right now we haven't, we're just learning the, the motion offense, which has been super exciting. Um, but it's nice just to, to meet new people and to know their, their strengths and their weaknesses and just know who they are personally. It's been super fun. I'm really excited for our schedule to come out to see, but yeah, it's been all, all the great things. You were already pretty familiar with a red and blue rivalry being at Utah, but now that you're back at South Dakota, there's another red and blue rivalry, but now you're going to be on the blue side of it. What are you looking forward to with that rivalry of with South Dakota? Because you guys won the WNIT last year and South Dakota had a tremendous run in the NCAA tournament. So how excited are you for, for that new rivalry? Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I don't think I really know to the extent of what it's going to be like, um, but I'm getting some ideas as I've worn some red stuff around here and I've already had some comments on it, but no, it's good to be black in the blue. I wore blue in high school, so it's bringing out some good, good memories, but I think there's such a great community around women's basketball in South Dakota, especially at SDSU and USD. So I'm just super excited to be a part of it and to see um, what the rivalry really means and just to be a part of it. And I think we're both coming off such great seasons. So we have a lot of expectations, but I'm sure it'll be a great game. And yeah, it'll be exciting. Finally, Drew, I add, we already talked about what you'd say to Utah fans in the very much possible chance that South Dakota state fans are going to listen to this interview. What can you tell South Dakota state fans, what you're going to be able to bring to their team? Yeah. um, I'm first of all, very excited to be here in Brookings. I'm excited to be back in the blue. I think they already have a lot of South Dakota girls on the team, so you don't have to expect anything different. Very, I'm a, such a great hard worker, a great teammate. I bring a lot of passion and leadership to the basketball team and on the basketball court. And I'm just going to give it all I got for this one last year. Who knew it was going to be six years? And now I've been saying I finished my high school career at SDSU, and hopefully I'll be able to finish my college career here too. So go Jacks. Drew, that's so, so great. Thank you so very much for your time. And thank you um, for not just not just coming on, but also sharing your experiences at Utah. And and good, good luck out there. I'm so excited to see how this season plays out for you. Yes, thank you. And thank good luck so with the wedding planning. Oh, thanks. I, I pretty much already have it all planned. So, yeah. And there she is, Drew Gilton. I tell you what, Miley, she was always one of my favorite players to interview after games. And there's a good reason why she's just a tremendous person. One of your favorite players to interview, but also one of your favorite players to watch. One of our favorite players to watch and talk about as well. I feel like after so many games, we always talked about how important Drew was to this University of Utah team. Not just this past year, but in all the seasons that she was with the team. So it was nice to be able to talk to Drew about the experiences that she had at the U. Why she chose to stay and what she's expecting moving on to her new school. So Miley, one of the really interesting things going into this next season is going to be who's going to be that starting point guard. It's been four straight years of Drew Gilton. As you said at the top of this episode, you said she started and played in 105 games. That's a lot of time as the starting point guard, 105 games. And Drew was that starting point guard. So 
I don't know about you, but I am so excited to see how the point guard battle is going to shake out. Will it be Inesh Vieta? Will it be Lonnie White, the new freshman from Irvine, California? Or frankly, could it be somebody like Kennedy McQueen? Or we did see Izzy Palmer step in at uh, when Drew was hurt throughout the year, step in as a, as a point guard. A lot of questions still to be answered at that point guard position. I think the whole ironic part of this with talking to Drew and wondering who the next point guard is going to be is that when Inesh and Izzy were kind of playing that point guard spot while Drew was out, that's when Utah kind of went on their run in the middle of conference and started that little winning streak. So yes, they missed Drew a lot in those games, but we saw some bright spots with Inesh and Izzy at the point guard spot. But like you said, we have some freshmen coming in that could definitely fill that spot as well. Now, Miley, really where I want to end this is just talking about how she kind of left, right? We had the idea that she was going to be done. I was under the assumption that she was going to retire after this year, kind of move on with her life. And, you know, even after she gets engaged, we think, hey, you know what? This is now the opportunity for her to end her basketball career and to move back home, step into that next stage in her life. She decided, you know what, it is time to step into that next stage. However, she wanted still one more year of basketball left, which I can't fault her for at all. She's a competitor. We saw that game in, game out. You think about the injuries that she sustained throughout the season, how she hopped right back up and was back to playing basketball. She'd go in the locker room for a couple of minutes, come right back onto the floor, even in that game against Colorado where it knocked her out for a few games. She still came back into that game to finish kind of just showing that toughness that she just talked about a moment ago. But she left the program on truly such great terms. It was, you know what, I'm not doing this because I want to leave. I'm doing this because it's, I'm ready to move on with the next phase in my life. She did mention, and I, and I completely agree, that she left her legacy here at the University of Utah. And I wanted her to be the first person to come on onto this podcast and to kind of share that story. And I feel like she did a beautiful job of that. It's not very often when you see a player leave on such good terms that Drew did with this program. I thought it was really cool when Drew put her posts out saying that she was transferring and looking for a new school and a new program to play at that all the coaches congratulated her on so on social media making it a public post and then even coach Rob quoted her tweet and said, Drewski, thank you for everything you've done for the U and for always doing things the right way. I'm thankful to be your coach and our family is always in your corner. We'll miss you, but I guess a girl's got to follow her heart back to South Dakota. That is amazing to me because again, like I said, that doesn't happen very often where a player leaves to a new program and she's being celebrated still by her coaches. So South Dakota State fans, those that are listening, you're getting a true gem. Although it might only be for one year, you are getting a true gem in your new point guard, Andrew Gilton. I tell you what, it should be a very special year for the Jackrabbits with Drew Gilton running the point guard position. And we talked about this during our broadcast so much throughout the year, and you brought it up a little while ago. Drew Gilton's statistics might not scream at you. It's Drew Gilton's leadership. It's Drew Gilton's vision. It's Drew Gilton's ability to impact the game just by her presence on the floor. And that right there is going to be a huge reason why I think she's going to provide such a huge spark to South Dakota State next year. Jumping back to the whole statistical point, we forgot to ask Drew kind of what changed for her role when the new system got in place. Because if you're a new fan of Drew or you're trying to look up her stats, the stats will show that Drew's, quote, best season was probably her 
freshman year just because she had almost nine points a game and was averaging five and a half assists. But like you said, you just can't always look at stats because numbers don't always tell the whole story. This past year, Drew only averaged five points a game and barely over five assists. But just going back to that whole point, Drew is that player that you need on the court for her leadership, for her ability to impact a game, for her defensive ability and her ability to find her teammates on the court. The numbers don't always prove to tell that, but a coach once told me that there's two different types of point guards. There's a points guard who tries to get their points and there's a point guard and Drew's definitely that true point guard that any team wishes that they could have. Well, I love that. Points guard and then the point guard. I haven't heard that one before. That's really cool. Drew truly is that point guard. I mean, think about it. I've got no problem saying it, Miley, that Drew Gilton led this team to a berth in the Pac-12 title game, and Drew Gilton led this team to the NCAA tournament and got their first win in 11 years. Drew Gilton was the leader of this team, and she was the reason that they were able to go as far as they did. So, South Dakota State fans, just remember that. That wraps up today's episode. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. We are still looking into seeing who we're going to be able to get next week. Hopefully by next week we'll have a schedule out and we can get you the players on who we're going to be interviewing on upcoming episodes. But a quick reminder, each and every single Monday we'll try to get an episode out to you. So please make sure to tune in each and every single episode. Thank you all so very much for tuning in to today's episode. And thank you to Drew Gilton as well. For Miley Enger, I am Tyson Ewing. This is the What You Need to Know podcast.